Millennials are ruining the world An exennial perspective Hey everyone, welcome back to Millennials are ruining the world question mark An exennial perspective Real conversations bridging the gap between generations X and Y I'm not woke, but I'm awake my guest today is an AEA, which stands for Actors Equity Association, multi-hyphenate artist, actor, singer, dancer, director, choreographer, producer, and writer. She is from a family of artists and grew up performing at the Music Room, a children's theater in California. She has been acting professionally since the age of six and has been directing, choreographing adults and children for 20 years. She is thrilled to be the youth artistic director of AMT, the new Midtown Off-Broadway Theater, where she'll be directing Shrek Jr. in July. Her first role was as Jesus Christ in her church Christmas pageant. She then went on to play Snoopy from Charlie Brown, thrilling audiences with her ravenous monologue. Some other notable children's theater roles were Tweedledee, A Piece of Celery, Aladdin, and Grace and Annie. We should have ended with the cel celery, but it's okay. <laughs> Please welcome Mary Lauren. Hey, Mary, how's it going? Hi, it's going good. good this to is here. this is exciting. A celery. That's uh, I've never played a celery before. It was really great. It was in a review show um, at the music room, and they made a parody of Be Our Guest ah. and changed it to Have the Stew, Have the Stew, and so I was celery in the stew. That's what's do with you. <laughs> what's do with what's you? What's do with you? Yes, <laughs> yes, that's not great, but but yeah. I'm I'm very actually very hungry for celery. All of a sudden, uh, we did. Uh, I was in children's theater too. It's, we're going to be talking a lot about children's theater, but I we did Alice in Wonderland was one of the shows we used to do uh, six shows a summer, one a week. That was all written by Elliot Talbenslog, and he ran the theater and he wrote the shows and. Uh, a lot of the songs were parodies of really obscure musical theater Sh songs. Like uh, there's one from State Fair, All I O, I O, I O A. And I know that as Let's Go to the Ball, yes. like that sort of thing. It's <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, I'll hear all these old tunes and I'll be like, wait a minute, Elliot stole that. But when we did Alice in Wonderland, I remember one time I was the head cook which was, a, I think, a made-up role. Mm -hmm. but uh, And then there was Stupide. So there was, I think I played Stupide when I was younger, and then I grew up to be the head cook. Perfect. And Stupide was, would freak out about everything. Like, oh, no, we have to add salt. It's not salty enough. There's not enough salt. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then the head cook goes, we just add salt. Stupid, and then hits him on the head. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, I don't know if you can uh, get away with that violence. Any, but I don't Miss, think so. Miss Piggy is still pretty violent, so mm -hmm. the, some of those Muppet movies are, are very, very violent. <laughs> uh, so anyway, before we actually get to the topic, which you've put all over your bio, so we had to have mentioned it already, uh, the first question I ask everybody is, how did we meet? How did we meet, Mary? <laughs> you want me to tell a story? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so we met... 11 and a half years ago. Um, wow, really? Yeah, really. That's a long time ago. It is. One of the very first things I did in the city was audition for your cabaret. That's that's a popular answer. Yes. This season, I think like almost half the guests have we met doing your showcases. Yeah. Um, and so we met there, but then I came over to your tiny, tiny, tiny little apartment. Uh, not um, this one? Not this one. Oh, gosh. That would have been 2011. I moved yeah. in, in August. So, yes, that one was... Very, that was my 200 square feet apartment, five floor walk up. 
I had bed bugs multiple times. I had <laughs> roaches. There were mice. My old cat Smee used to love leaving me mice uh, mm-hmm. at my bed. And I had a break-in once. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I yeah. I, I deserve the karma of my nicer <laughs> apartment now. But That day that I came over, though, I remember you were not in a very good mood. Oh, no. Yeah, so we, we talked all about something, but I don't want to mention that on the podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Did you give me therapy? <laughs> I did give you therapy. That's terribly unprofessional. But <laughs> no, but it was a, it was an important day. So was- I, I try really hard not to have my clients give me therapy anymore. That yeah. was a habit I had. And now <laughs> I'm like, that's so unprofessional. But I was young. What can you say? You were young, yeah. And they become friends. But I always make sure to start the pain time after the therapy. Right, for sure. Yes, I'm always like, okay, now we've talked for an hour about whatever. Okay, now we're going to start and I'll charge you now. Yeah. I did have one client who used to come over for therapy (laughs) and I would charge him and then we would get to work 45 minutes within the hour and we'd work for 15 minutes. And he'd be like, oh, I guess the hour flew by already. Oh. And we'd, we would have worked for 15 minutes and 45 minutes was him just going on and on about his life. And he was like, great. He didn't mind. That's I mean, what I he guess, needed. <laughs> I guess that's what he was paying for. Okay. But I do. I'm very conscious about I will not charge people while I'm talking. I always, I always pad my schedule so there's an extra like 15 minutes mm-hmm. just in case. Because I'm a chumming person. You are, for sure. It's it's totally <laughs> unprofessional in any other field but ours. Right. In ours, it's okay. Because you got to open up. you got to yeah. be comfortable with people. And that's when you do your best work. Emotions are important. Yes. Share your pain. Share like your Bernadette pain. Peters when she starts <laughs> to cry. And you're just like, oh, she's had so much pain. And then you start to feel the pain. And then you all cry. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you're like, catharsis. Yes. That's exactly right. We also have done some stuff together, too. We've done a lot of things together (laughs) since then. Yes. Yeah, you were in Mortal Love, a bunch of Mortal Love versions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, That was, that's a fun show. I really like that score. Were you in, you did, we did a reading in 2014. Mm -hmm. We did the, oh, the West Village, I'm looking at my award, West Village (laughs) Musical Theater Festival, Best Lyrics. I, that award, you, as you remember, we didn't have that many people coming, so I actually earned that we award. really won that one. In that festival, they knew the people who were voting were going to vote for their friends, and so they made you vote for two people. So you could vote for your friend and then vote for who you really think deserved it. That's the way they should do that at every festival. I know, and and the Tony Awards, too. Like, yeah. That's, that would be the way to, whatever, totes cool, totes cool. Uh, but yeah, it's on my wall. They at least gave me a certificate. I won that Broadway World Award uh, for Best Score for Love Quirks. They don't even give me, like, a JPEG or anything. Nothing? Nothing. You should make up a fact. I know. I mean, I guess I should just, whatever. (laughs) It's on all our posters, but Jesus, I I don't understand. I'm like, at least give us something. Seriously. And they took all our friends' emails on their massive email list. So, yeah, we might pay to market through them because we think they have a lot of emails for people who go off-Broadway. There you go. That's what they do it for. That's I just ruined the Broadway World Awards for the world, but it's okay. They're not listening. All right, so I guess we'll talk about our topic. Our topic today is children's theater. Uh, so, Mary, what is children's theater? Children's theater is theater with children. It's true. Or <laughs> it's theater for children. Theater, well, now that depends. Yeah, I guess. It depends on, it's either, it's either theater with children Theater for children or theater with children for children. Correct. But usually if it's with children, it's for children. Yes. But I enjoy theater performed by children for adults and children. 
Oh, yes. Does that happen too? Yes. Yes. So you've heard it here first. There's a lot of definitions. It has to do with children's and theater. I was going to say it's not a children or a theater discuss, but it kind of is both. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't work. Sorry, Linda Richmond. <laughs> yeah. And so do you think there should be an apostrophe there? Is it children's apostrophe theater or is it children's theater? No apostrophe. Well, initially when you were going to ask me this, I was just like, I don't really care. Um, but, but now I, that you say it that I way, care. I kind of care more. I care about yeah. the semantics. Yeah, because when I looked it up... I'm grammatical. Yeah, there's supposed to be an apostrophe. Like, it kept changing it to an apostrophe when I was typing it in. But children's without the apostrophe makes more sense. Or could it be children theater? Because children is plural. It could be It would be theater. child's theater or children's theater. I've changed the AMT theater to youth theater because I enjoyed that better. Oh, yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Because then you can have 40-year-olds and be <laughs> like, who <laughs> still think they're youth. Yes, that's exactly Because youth, youth is a state of mind. <laughs> it is totally a state Children's of mind. is very, you know, age. Yeah. I didn't want to scare the, like, 18-year-old and 17-year-olds away. Oh, yeah. If you want teenagers, yeah. you don't want to call it children's theater. Yeah. So it's youth theater. I like that, youth theater. So maybe that should be the topic of our podcast, but it's too late. It's going to be children's and youth theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess because if it was children's without the apostrophe, I don't think children's is a word. I don't think it is. So that's why it keeps auto-correcting you. Yep. So you, we've learned something today. Children's theater has to have... The apostrophe. The, otherwise, it's children theater, yeah. which could be a thing, but sounds weird because we're used to saying children's theater. Yeah. Wow, this is a good topic, Seth. Thank you. Thank you. I hope all of our listeners are, they're having these aha moments. They their, are. their mind is blown. About totally. the, the apostrophe changes a lot. Actually, there was a New York Times crossword puzzle a few months ago, weeks ago. I, time is no meaning in my mind anymore. Uh, that was apostrophe. And it was steam answers where adding an apostrophe or taking it away changes the meaning. Huh. I thought that was fascinating. There's also ones you could do with like comma. Like if you have a comma, like if I say like no Mary, that means Mary's not here. Right. But if I type no comma Mary, it's me talking to you and saying no. Yeah, that's a commas are very important. Actually yes. Too. Yeah, I think I've seen some memes. I think that's what they, the millennials call them memes. Memes? Yes. What's that? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> with commas. So uh, punctuation is very. Very important. So what are the differences then between children and adults theater? So my answer that there is that there is not a difference. Ah, um, I like it. I like it. I think that any children's theater or youth theater that um, focuses on the fact that it's just kids is not really a great one. Um, uh, me, particularly when I am directing kids, I don't do anything really different other than having to discipline um, than when I work you, with adults. Sometimes I have to discipline. Yes. I remember we were doing, uh, so I did children's summer theater, as I said, it's a program when I grew up in, in New Jersey, and we would do six shows a week, but then at night we would sometimes do a show with like the teenagers, mm -hmm. and uh, then Elliot got older and he was too tired, and so then I started taking that over with this other guy, Mike, and the first year we did a review called Broadway Tonight, and we took Broadway songs and we put them in weird contexts, like for We're Always Together, we had them handcuffed, mm -hmm. and they were outlaws from, uh, you know, from the law. Yeah. Outlaws from the law, that's redundant, but <laughs> something like that. Criminals, that would have been better. But yeah, so we did, I don't remember anything else. That's the one that sticks out in my mind. Um, I think I sang Mr. Cellophane that night. But anyway, I remember... 
we uh, we were rehearsing at this uh, at the Camp Daisy. They had like a little room for us to rehearse, and it was at, in the park. And I guess there was like talk of there had been like a guy down by the lake who was like a flasher or something. Oh, no. It was some really not great thing. And one of our rules were do not go by the lake because we don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. And the one rehearsal, everyone was down by the lake and I had to just curse them out. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? This <laughs> oh. is what is fucking wrong with you? We have you one said that rule. To the children? It was teenagers. Okay. I said, what the fuck are you doing? This is ridiculous we have one goddamn rule it's do not go to the lake because this is for your own safety and i just went on a huge rant and then after rehearsal my sister looked at me and just laughed she's like that was great acting because <laughs> i just was totally in the zone but yeah. my sister knows me and she was just like completely unfazed and so everyone else was like deer in headlights oh my god set this cursing us off this was bad we can't do this again and my sister was like giggling yeah but I, did, I remember that. I remember that, you know, sometimes you have to lose your temper just that one time. The one time. That yeah. one time so they know not to do it again. Mm-hmm, for sure. That's parenting too, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know well, anything no. about parenting. <laughs> we have cats. So yes, we have cats. I, if I yelled at my cat, she would be really upset. She oh. is really shy. I don't think she's, she came out to see Mary for two seconds and then Joni ran into the closet and she popped back out and then I went to refill my water glass and Joni was like, no, 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 I don't, don't come near me. So she's still cagey around me. Sometimes she's only been here for uh, like five months now. So hopefully she will, uh, you know, she loves my wife, but that's another story. Never mind. Anyway, I lost the big day came and I'm, and, and speaking of children's, <laughs> theater that's really for adults into the woods yes exactly yes that they dissect what it means to be a fairy tale and uh it's a reconstruction of, of our youth so several yes. of my students are in that production oh with the yeah. one in encores yeah they're are doing they... a whole thing with kids oh i didn't know that yeah they come in out at the oh i might have ruined the surprise you can if they come in at the end and they sing children lesson ah yeah. well i mean this this episode will be out in june so you know, if they have seen it, they've seen it, and if they didn't, they never will, because it was a limited run. There you go. That's yes. Right. So children will listen, and so will adults. Uh, <laughs> so you did start children's theater as, as a child, and you were oh, paid yes. professionally? I was, yes. That's incredible. I was not paid professionally. <laughs> so my mom uh, is an actress, um, and she took me to all her auditions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did a lot of commercials when I was a little girl with her. Um, which I didn't like. <laughs> oh, no. But I loved doing theater. That um, goes to your college fund. Yes, it yes. And so I loved doing theater. And I started ballet when I was two. And then I started singing at church my whole life. And then started children's theater when I was six, which um, was the music room, which I mentioned in my bio. Yes. Which my mom was also a teacher. And I was there till I was 18 doing, I think, six shows a year. You really grew up in theater. Yes. Wow. I didn't start doing theater till I was like 10. So I feel like I'm behind. You are behind. But I'm older, so I have more years on you. So it balances out. I started theater uh, in elementary school. I had a music teacher who changed. And I believe she was there in fourth grade and started doing plays. And that was the first year that happened. And I starred as the tree Mm -hmm. in the giving tree. That That's was me. That's a good and, trick to be. But I was behind the curtain the whole time on a microphone. Oh, okay. And then they decided, you know what? We want to see Seth. So they actually put me on the side on a microphone. Well, that's good. Yes. And then in fifth grade, we did Peter Pan. 
and I played Captain Hook. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that was, and I got, remember I got really sick and I had to miss the dress rehearsal. And then I did perform, but I missed the dress rehearsal because I was like really, really sick. Oh, goodness. I know. When I was in Annie, so I played Grace and Annie when I was in second grade. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was, well, I always wanted to be an orphan, but I was really, really tall. And so I didn't get to be an orphan because I was oh, tall. No. But I got to play Grace. So that's, well, that's cool. exciting. But my the opening day, I had like the flu or something. And I threw up right before the show. Oh, no. And so then, like, one of the members of the cast, who I loved, who was older, came out and talked to me for a long time and, like, tried to get me to do the show. So I did the show, but I felt like I was going to throw up the whole I'm time. I'm telling you, it doesn't go anymore, but I, I've done shows in, with 103 Fever before. Yeah. I did a showcase, one of those 700 I've done. I know I did at least one of them when I had a huge fever. Mm-hmm. I've done them without a voice at all. And you just That's take, the worst, yeah. You take a ginger shot and you just power through. Yep. And then after the show, you're like, you can't talk for a week. Yep. Yep. But somehow the adrenaline... I'm a big fan of the show Must Go On. It is not, uh, it's not the same today, but I personally am still the show Must Go On. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I did... Captain Hook and I was really good, if I do say so myself, which I do. Mm-hmm. And then she said, you should do some community theater, regional theater stuff. So I played Winthrop at Phoenix Productions at the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, New Jersey. And the, I believe that it was Equity Guest Artist, but because our leads definitely had credits, but I wasn't paid. Uh-huh. So like the, I think the leads were both paid, but I none of the kids were paid mm-hmm. or whatever. But I did, I used to tap dance, and I did a little tap dance in Gary and Tiana. Oh, fun. And then I just started doing a lot of community theater, mm-hmm. which it was high-end community theater, but it yeah. was still. And I, my biggest regret is I never got to play Oliver. Oh, yeah. I wasn't Oliver. I was Winky. I, I never, made I, I went to audition for it, and there wasn't auditions that night. Like, for some reason, the date in the paper was wrong, or my father read it wrong, or something. And we went to audition, and the, it was the wrong night. And oh, I never, no. I never got to audition for Oliver. <laughs> oh, sorry, well, you could do it now. I mean, I couldn't really play Oliver now. No, you I could play. play I would like be Mr. Bumble. I would be Fagin. I think I'd be a yeah, Fagin. Bumble is very. That's, that's high. Yeah. Chaz is Bumble. That's yes, a right. that's a very high tenor. I'm not a high tenor. <laughs> yeah, I'm still very upset about not getting to to play Oliver. Um, and now my brain won't go past that. But my <laughs> sister was an Annie. She mm-hmm. was one of the kids in Annie, and uh, I got asked to play the guy who sings You're Never Fully Dressed, mm-hmm. but I was actually in high school at that time, and there was a conflict, and I chose to do my high school show yeah. instead. Yeah. But I was offered the role in community theater in Annie, and, you know, my sister and I did The King and I, mm-hmm. and we were the kids, and I know this is going to... I said this on stage <laughs> oh, the other wow. night, and the, and the poor... <laughs> There was gasps from the Generation (laughs) Zs. But, you know, it it was the 90s. And, of course, I had to dye my hair black. And we we put all this brown makeup on. And Mm. the entire cast was like that. Yep. And that's just how it was. And I'm not saying I condone it. I'm not saying I would would do that anymore. Uh, But that's just... And it was a terrible experience. I hated doing all that. And my sister got a line. And I didn't. Oh, no. And I'm still bitter. (laughs) But but now she has to work. I was going to say boring job. She doesn't find it boring. But Mm -hmm. she has to work, you know, an office job. And 
and I get to do this. So I guess it all works there out. There you go. Sorry, sis. She's not going to listen. She is too kids. <laughs> she has not listened to any of my podcasts. She has not watched any of my web series. Nope. It's all right. It is what it is. Ah, and then I did, I did Fiddler like three times. Mm-hmm. As you know, lots of Jews in New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> ah, memories. But in terms of children's theater to bring it back, that mm-hmm. was just mostly in the summer. So was yours a summer thing or was it year long? Year long, yeah. It would be two shows a year, and then when we first started, it was like two or three shows during the summer. Mm. We did Annie and all over the same summer, which was crazy. Um, yeah. And they paid you to do it? No, this was not being paid, but got I got paid for those commercials. Did you have to pay to do the show? Um, well, my mom was the director. So you didn't so have to pay. So we got like a scholarship, which was yes. really lucky because I got to go there. Um, I don't know that I... It was, other kids had to pay. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine that's how that works. <laughs> yes. And then you sell, they sell tickets and then they get all their families to come and that's how you make money off Children's exactly. Theater. Yep, exactly. Children's Theater is a cash cow. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, <laughs> with the virtual showcases, you know, I did 44 virtual showcases in 2020. The ones, the kid ones would always do better than, than everyone else's. Yes, yes. The people would love to support kids once you turn 20, not so much. Yeah, what's what's that all about? Then they're like, get a job. Get a job. It's like people who are stuck with artists as kids or friends like have to support them for their entire career. That's just how it is. You get patrons and you're like, you know, eventually they become investors and hopefully they get a return. But Mm -hmm. it's a lot of like, hey, I need more money for this project now. Why won't you give me some of your hard-earned money, please? Yeah. Wah, wah. Think about that now. <laughs> yes, but you know, oh. children's theater is, I think, a good way to, to make a living. So, uh, how did you get started in directing? Um, actually, at the children's theater that I mentioned, at the music room, um, I well, I always kind of was a director. Even when I was a kid, I would make everybody do shows with me. My brother and my friends, I would like make them join, oh, and yeah. I would write shows and yep. puppet shows. Me too. Um, so I started as a kid. <laughs> um, but then um, after college, I worked at the music room uh, and directed and choreographed. And then after that, I just haven't stopped. Yeah, I like, hear you. I At summer theater, I became... First a counselor, then I was musical director for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to New York City and I was like, no, I don't want to spend my summer in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I would rather spend my summer in New York City. And then I never left. Well, it's really funny. I moved to here. I moved to New York to be a performer, which I'm still doing. But like my first job was choreographing something. I got put in the show too, which was nice. But like it just like it won't leave me. It just follows me around. Well, it's a good skill to have, I yeah. think. Yeah, for sure. You know, and there's there's definitely I maybe maybe fewer directors and choreographers than there are actors. That's true. That's a really good point. I was gonna say there's more work for them, but it's because there's fewer people for that work. Yeah, because yeah, there is fewer jobs for directors than there are for actors, but there's so much many fewer people trying for them. Yes. Yes, we we did it. We figured <laughs> out. We've done math. We've done grammar. We're, we're hitting all the bases today. Uh, so what do you like best about directing and, and choreographing? Choreographing. Yes, is that like not the, the word for it? it? Choreographing? Oh, choreographing. But I like choreographing better. <laughs> um, I'm a like fancy best. person. Um, choreographing, you're right. Choreographing sounds more fancy. It does. Um, or fancier. I like to create worlds. I love creating worlds. Um, and I like to watch them 
up here in front of me. Um, pictures have always been really important to me and stories. And um, I also really like being a part of creating characters that are mm. real, um, even with kids. Um, and creating a super safe space. I feel like any director, whether it's with when I'm directing with kids or adults, I, I have the opportunity to create a safe space for people to play and um, enjoy and like feel... Like, they can try anything. That sounds cool. I've <laughs> never really directed, per se. I kind of am like, just go there. Oh, like when I do concerts or me. cabarets. <laughs> no, that's why I have Brian Childers. Brian Childers, yeah. the director no, of Brian Love and Quirks. I are more like... <laughs> Brian likes that, the process. Yeah. Actually, my friend Celia, who was the first guest in this podcast, season one, she's always saying, I don't like the process, and I oh, should like the process. You should. I like the destination. Oh, I like I both. like the, we're putting on the show, and now people are applauding and validating our hard work. <laughs> okay. I, I don't go to rehearsals for Loveworks. I oh. just don't. I, Brian and Mark are there, yeah. and, and Austin, my musical director, and they do everything, uh-huh. and then I show up, and I'm like... This word should be, you know, that, not uh-huh. it. I do tiny notes like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. I don't have the, the attention span. And I'd much rather be out there selling the show. That's what I, that's where I live. And getting people to buy tickets and, and uh, selling ads in the program. I went door to door to sell ads to the program. And I kind of had fun. Well, that's good. Talk about reminding me of my youth. Like we used to do that for community theater. My dad and I would go around to all local businesses and we'd be selling the ads. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? This is fun. I get to meet great people. I hate doing that. You can do that for me. Uh, (laughs) Well, Brian hates doing it too. Brian was like, I'm nope, nope. I was like, you want to come with me to to a couple places? He's like, nope, 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 no, I don't want to do that. It is you need to meet people and you smile and you give your little pitch and you just don't know who's going to say yes. You know, I, I got a random uh, a sponsor that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I might as well mention them because they're our sponsor, Frankie and Johnny's Steakhouse on oh, cool. 46th Street. I just talked to the nice woman, Roxy, there and she listened to my pitch and a lot of people listened to the pitch and they're like, I need to run this up with someone else. And she was like, I want to do it. I need to clear it with, you know, so-and-so, but we're in. I want to do this. I want to support theater. This would make me so happy. You seem like such a wonderful person. And that's, you need someone like me or you need to be like me who can really sparkle in these situations and really, you have to really believe in the show, like 3,000%, which is a good segue to talking about AMT. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, which is none of you, Love Quirks <laughs> is playing right now at AMT Theater, uh, where Mary is the youth director. And Mary is, of course, the person, thank you, who got us in touch with AMT. Yes, I am. And we very much appreciate that. And you're thanked in our program because oh, I'm very big on thanking people. <laughs> uh, but the guy running that is Tony. I can never pronounce his last name. Sportiello. Sportiello. Yes. All right. I got, I'll got. i get it now. Tony Sportiello, he's a mensch, even though he's <laughs> Italian and not a Jew. But he's, he's an Italian mensch. Uh, and so Tony, I believe, said to me that the reason he was giving Love Quirks the space for the summer is because I just, he was like, you are, you care so much about the show. And it's just, it's radiating. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it's, it's radiating off you. And I just really feel like 
you're going to go whole hog on this production and you're going to be a great part of our community, which I love. I love that he's running it like a community Mm -hmm. and I'm honored to be a part of a community that is a theater on 45th Street where I did Merrily We Roll Along in 2005. Yes. That was a terrible production. Oh, no. And uh, I came in to fill in for the musical director, and I kept making the tempos faster because the show was three hours, and it should not have been three hours. So I kept making them faster, and uh, the producer, like who was also the star, who was also her her father put in all the money for it, mm-hmm. she was getting mad at me, and I was like, this, this is the tempo on the CD. I just kept kind of like just a little faster, but whatever. It wasn't the best experience, but it was still Sondheim. And Sondheim, I invited him to the show, and he could not come because he could never come to anything. Well, now he really can't. No. But uh, but he wrote back. I was saying I was practicing Frankenstein Ink, and it was really tricky. And he's like, "That song is fits right in your fingers. Just you know, just don't change the key." Is what mm-hmm. he said to me. So I appreciate his advice. Mm-hmm. You know, I have like 20 letters from him. That's wonderful. Yeah, so that there's some of them are right here on the wall, but unfortunately the people listening can't see that there's a letter from There's so, so many he, just He right used there. to sign Stephen Sondheim, and then by the a couple more letters, he started signing Steve S. Hmm. And then I was like, I've made it. <laughs> I'm on a first name basis with uh-huh. Steve. The last letter I got from him is right on this desk right here. Uh, but again, they can't see it. And it was when I invited him to Love Crooks off Broadway and he was like, please forgive me for not coming. And he was always so cordial. So nice. And he said, I hope it lives up to your expectations. Mm-hmm. And that really framed the whole show for me. After 27 months of it being gone, like I really had to think, what do I really need to get out of this and make that a priority? Mm-hmm. And I hope we, we do succeed and fulfill our expectations i don't know I, i'm not a soup stayer but i'm i'm very hopeful so anyway we're at the amt theater how did you get started at the amt theater um well i met tony sportiello um at the workshop theater which is on well was on 36th i was a member mm. there for like three years i think um which is all, all about like new works and tony is an incredible writer and I was in several of his new works. And, oh, cool. Which was really wonderful. Yeah, so I was in those. And then um, I think four, three or four years ago, um, they did a production of their show, Al Tapper, who the theater is named after. Yes. Um, and Do we so know what the M stands for? It's, I think it's a middle name. I know it is, but I, 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 I haven't found out. I forget. Al M. Tapper, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Because my middle name is also an M. Oh, my first so, name is an M. Yes. So we'll, one of these days I when know. I meet Al, I might yeah. have to ask him what his middle name is. Yeah. Oh, so Tony and Al have been a team for a long time. Um, writing in Al is a musical director and writer of music. Um, composer is the word for that. Composer would be the word I was trying <laughs> to say. Composer is the I word. I was like, what am I As saying? As a composer, I can fill in. Uh, so you'll, you will He's fix a my person? Choreogra- choreographing <laughs> uh, and, and a musical writer person. Yes. He's a musical writer person. Anyway, they've been working together for a long time and they were working on a show called The Paparazzi, which they have done in Mexico um, in Spanish and they brought it to New York. So I was in a Broadway backers audition that they did. I was oh, in the show. I didn't know this. Yeah. Good thing I asked. Um and then um they did it again, which was really, really neat. We did it half in English and half in Spanish with the cast from Mexico. Oh so was, CCC. Yeah. It was a really, really neat production. Um 
And that was the last thing I worked on with Tony before he just called me out of the blue and was like, hey, do you want to start a theater company, a children's theater company? That's amazing. I was like, yes, I do. How did he know that you like children? (laughs) Because I've been doing it forever. No, I mean, because I I was at the Secret Theater for eight years. I built built that whole program and Tony, like, Tony follows me with friends. Oh, you did a children's theater at the Secret Theater? I, oh, yes, I did. Oh, well, let's talk about that. Was that a secret? (laughs) <laughs> it was definitely not a secret. I saw you in the secret theater, but you were you were in a play like, that you wrote. Yes, that was that was one of the last things I saw right before Love Quirks started, and then everything shut down. That was the last thing I was in before everything shut down. Yeah, I went to the secret theater. Like, so you did children's theater at the secret theater. I think I probably knew that at the time. All my memories from pre-pandemic are in a box somewhere. Yeah, under the bed. I mean, it's not a secret that I work with children. Yes. It's all over. I mean, I right now, I was counting on the way here. I work at five different schools. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Tony knew that. <laughs> so Tony knew that. And so um, he gave you this opportunity yes, to start. Super sweet. Yeah, he called me in and asked me, just like, what do you want to do? But his in his mind, I'm pretty sure he was like, I want her to do children's theater. Um, That's great. So yeah. talk about this program you're running and what are your plans and, you know, everything about it. So we're starting with Shrek, um, Shrek, Shrek Jr., Jr. Yes. which, uh, like I mentioned before, I run my youth theater like adult theater, so we're doing a big old production of it. It's not just going to be like coming in and kids are in bad costumes. Um, full-on production, lights, everything, uh, July 8th and 9th. And that's after this airs, we've this established. After, yes, so, so July yes. 8th and 9th, come see Shrek the Musical with some incredible kids. Mm-hmm. Auditions are this weekend, which is not really this weekend. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. in the past by in the now. Past, when the stairs. Um, in the past, when your mother was a child. More yeah. into the woods references um, today. It's just coming out. Yeah. So we're starting with that show. It's gonna be incredible. I'm directing and choreographing it. Um, but then our hopes from there are to build to continue to build the youth um, program. So we'll have lots of workshops mm-hmm. and lots of classes. Um, we're pretty much we're probably going to do in August. I could do a master class. One hundred percent. I'm an award winning off Broadway composer. One hundred percent could do a master See, class. See, look at me getting myself a gig right on my podcast. Yeah, that's not a great idea. <laughs> um, in August, we're probably going to do a workshop where I work with the kids to write the shows. Oh, um, that's fun too. Yeah, because I'm I'm a writer as well. Um, so, yes, that was in your intro. Yeah, that's something I do too. And that's what I did at the Secret Theater. This is for a while. why we're friends. These are the people <laughs> I collect are multi hyphenates. Yeah. Rory was on the show in the first season. We did an episode on multi hyphenates. But most of my friends are, we just have so many. And that's the kind of people I really just gel with, I think. Yeah. It's important. You're my kind of person. <laughs> I love it. So then you have the space every Saturday, Sunday morning. Uh huh. Are you going to do, like, cabarets and stuff with kids? Um, Yeah, actually, Kelly, Tony's wife, Kelly McGuire, she is in charge of the cabarets at AMT. Mm-hmm. But we, we've already talked about doing some kids' cabarets. That's exciting. Yeah. It's such a lovely space, and we're just so happy and lucky to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony's wonderful. He's like, when he first spoke to me, he's just like, what do you want to do? So there's other opportunities coming down the line, too. So, so much is going to happen. Yeah. Keep your eyes posted. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think they're going to do great things there. And they, they have the lease for 10 years. So Yes. They've okay. committed for the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you to Al Tapper. If Casey's <laughs> listening, what a mensch. What a mensch. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what advice do you have for kids who want to pursue theater then? Just do it. Do it. Don't be afraid. Um, don't listen to your parents when they not, say no. Don't listen to your parents. <laughs> I mean, even if 
like someday you want to be an accountant. It doesn't matter. You should do children's theater because um, you will make lots of friends. You will gain self-confidence. Uh, you also just have a whole lot of fun um, and you'll have a safe space to be. I think that sounds great. Yeah. I want to join, but I'm no longer a kid. <laughs> it was, I think children's theater was very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I learned so many lessons uh, just doing it. Like we had a lot of like one-liners, like if you have fun, the audience will too. Yeah. That was a big one we had. Mm -hmm. And that's what I say at every showcase now. I'm like, don't forget to have fun. Yeah. And I learned how to MC by watching Elliot and I learned how to play piano for kids. So, you know, when someone skips a beat, which happened last week in my showcase, I jump instantly without even Blinking. Yeah. And I think a lot of pianists are very robotic. Like, I must play exactly. And of course, if you're using a track, mm-hmm. you're stuck with the groove. But I'm like, oh, we jumped. Okay. Oh, we're here now. Yeah. Oh, up, someone just cut a verse. This is fine. Oh, we're going back. Which is a really important skill in life, too. I think that's. I also learned how to play emotions mm-hmm. because the director, Elliot, would always be like, play fear now. And then I'd have to figure out what fear was. So I think that was really instrumental, yeah. pun intended, uh-huh. in me learning how to be a composer, or as Mary would say, a music writer person. A music writer person. A music writer yeah. person. <laughs> I feel like we learned uh, a lot, and I at that age, we're so impressionable. And we also used to do everything. Like, mm-hmm. you make your kids do everything? Um, yeah. No, I, mean... we, I used to like, do the lights and the sound and the set. I would just rotate around everywhere. Yeah, I definitely, like, when I was in children's theater, I did everything. I was backstage. I was pulling the curtain. I was yep. helping my mom with the sets and the costumes. I learned so much about sets and costumes from my mother. And the, um, and the drops, and I yeah. could fold the drop, and we would just all... It's a very, like, egoless world where you all just pitch in whatever needs doing, you do it. Mm-hmm. It's very different than union theater, where if you touch a prop and you're not in that union, you get in trouble for Which it. Which is very, very hard for me as a union actor. I find it really... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I find it really weird, but I understand why it is that yeah. way. It's just not where I come from. Mm-hmm. I come from the we all do everything. I, yes. Brian, Mark, and I... We do everything for the show. We're doing everything together, and we're a team of three. And uh, we, if there's something to do, one of us will tackle it. And we have other teammates and stuff, but we don't, you know, it's like there's a little bleed. Like, if yeah. something needs to get done, it's okay if, if, like, the cellist, like, picks up a prop. We're not going to yell at her. Yes. Like, if right. she wants to be helpful, and she doesn't have to be, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. So anyway, uh, what are your plans for the future then besides AMT? Like, what are your career goals? What do you hope to achieve the next five years or so? Oh, my gosh. This question is always interesting because I feel like it pivots constantly because I'm a multi-hyphenate. Well, yeah. Um, That's why I gave you a long range. Thank you. Um, Not what are your goals for the next two weeks. That's even easier, I guess, but (laughs) (laughs) even harder. Um, No, I mean, I want to continue to perform. That's something I've got to really focus back in on. The pandemic kind of like shut it down. Especially theater. Yeah, theater kind of was really shut down. Um, But I want to get back to doing that. Also, some more film, which I've been doing. I just did some work on Maisel, which was really fun. Oh, that's cool. I have a lot of friends who were on Maisel last season. Yeah, and this, we're working on the next It was a lot of background blinking and you'll miss it, but then I had a couple friends, like my friend Elizabeth, who was a guest last season on my podcast, actually had quite a few lines. She was in the audience uh, when Jane Lynch is doing her talk show Uh and, and Midge opens for her 
Like one of the women she talked to to interview was my friend Elizabeth. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so she actually <laughs> had had lines. Mm-hmm. My friend Adam Shapiro, who was, I don't know if you did more to love with him. You've done the show at different times, but yeah. he. Uh, he was the cantor in season one. Oh, awesome! Yeah. But for some reason, he wasn't the cantor in season four. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> know. Maybe they switched. Busy. They switched temples. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. I also want to continue to write. Um, like Seth mentioned, he came to my show. Um, I wrote a one act, kind of based on my life. Um, and I want to continue to. I'm going to expand that. Um, possibly make it full full length piece. Oh, that would be great, especially because yeah. you have access to a theater now. Yes, I do. I know it's there on <laughs> staff. You can just be like, "Hey, yeah. Tony, what day is it available for a quick reading of this?" Yeah. Um, the show that brought me to New York actually is going to have a reading um, in. I think we haven't decided either July or August at AMT. I believe it. That's the thing with Love Quirks. We're only there for shows a week, so mm-hmm. we've opened up. That's, I think, another reason Tony was excited to have us, because he has so much he needs to do with that theater. Uh, us not taking all the time slots makes it a little easier for him mm-hmm. to squeeze other things in. Yeah. But I, I do hope to do a reading of my new musical, The Secret Adversary, based on the Agatha Christie murder mystery, The Secret Adversary. I know it's crazy. It has the same title. <laughs> uh, we do hope to do a reading in the fall. So I was going to ask Tony about that. Maybe he's listening now. <laughs> hey, Tony, thanks for listening. Uh, but we'll see. You know, that's all... I have to get through this summer first mm-hmm. and see how our, how our run goes. I, I hope it's going well. Here's the thing with the podcast is you're the last one to interview with me today. And once I'm done, I'm just going to stick it all up on SoundCloud and schedule it. Great. And I don't I don't touch it again. That's nice. Like all I do Wednesdays at 1 is I post the little minute promo video on Facebook, Instagram. Oh, and now I'm on TikTok. Did I tell you I joined TikTok? TikTok? Are you, are you on TikTok? No, I'm not on TikTok. So, Mark uh, said, the show's joining TikTok, you better be on it, because you have a huge audience. But I joined TikTok, and I followed the 400 people that I was Facebook friends with, and only like 40 of them are following me. And I'm like, I thought I had a following. But I I tried it. I put up one video of Joni, and it got 600 views. Oh my gosh, And I'm like, well, maybe I should just put up 10-second cat videos and build myself that way. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I don't know. 600 views. I know, uh-huh. I know, but that's like, I don't, who knows how much they view, but it was literally a 10 second video. That's funny. So they probably saw most of it. Maybe I need to be on TikTok. Just put your cat on Just TikTok. My cat? Okay. That's what I'm starting with. But okay. I'm going to do, like, it's it's too much fucking work. I won't do that goddamn stuff yeah, on the I phone. I know. I spend way too much time on my phone doing No, stuff I don't do anything on the phone. No. I do everything on my computer. I have a nice big desktop, as you can see, because thank you for coming. She's one of my three guests who came in person. <laughs> and it's, you know, I, I do everything at the desk, on the desktop, and I text, you know, an iMessage and it text my phone, regular text. I don't do anything on the phone unless I'm out, and then I'm usually just reading email, and then I usually don't respond until I'm home unless it's very important, and then I'll usually just write three words, because mm-hmm. I'm on a phone. I don't want to type on the phone. <laughs> so I hate videoing things on the phone. I yeah. finally got used to taking photos on the phone. I finally stopped bringing my actual digital camera with me unless it's like a vacation where I'm going to take a thousand photos. Mm -hmm. But when I go like family to Passover, I just took pictures on my phone like a millennial. Uh, But to do videos on the phone, 
I don't like it. Well, you're lucky that you're not an actor and you're not having to film yourself on your phone almost every day. No, I do self-tapes for commercials uh, okay. on actors' asses, but I have a camcorder. Oh, that's nice. I set up the you cam- camcorder? Yeah, I set up the camcorder, the HD camera, and I set up the background. Uh-huh. But uh, I, it's really exhausting, yes, so I don't is. submit that much. <laughs> and I, I'm very picky about what I submit to you and what self-tapes. If, yeah. if the writing is shit, then I'm like, no, this is just terrible. Yeah, no. But occasionally I'll get something good. Like I had an in-person callback and I was like, oh my God, I, mm-hmm. I've had two in-person callbacks. Uh, but maybe the, I just don't do that much of it. Yeah. But occasionally I'll see something that wants a pianist and then I'm like, but better apply for that. Yeah. But I have not gotten any work doing that. Mm-hmm. I booked one film and that wasn't through any of those sites. That was my friend was casting. And I did book that film and I was in it. And it, it's very weird film it's called uh lodge door but l apostrophe odge l apostrophe or and it's surrealist and it's very weird and there's a lot of nudity not the good kind not me (laughs) not me but i played a guy with a lot of pubic hair and i had a wig stuffed down my pants and this guy comes in and i'm just stuffing it all back in my pants after going in the urinal it's very weird okay it's like it's that's his genre is surrealist Okay. It was in a Surrealist Festival in Santa Fe, and I actually got a good review. I went to school in Santa Fe. Oh, yes. Santa Fe, yes. are you there? <laughs> Let's go to Santa Fe. There we go. <laughs> Rent and Newsies. We've broken out of the Into the Woods. All right. Well, I think that uh, we're going to start wrapping up, and I'll ask our closing questions because this has been about 45 minutes. So <laughs> good timing. Good timing. All right. So, Mary, what is a time a millennial annoyed you? Millennials always annoy me. It's true. Um, the actually the biggest thing that annoys me about millennials is that I'm considered one. Oh, I, you're an exennial in my I, mind. I feel like I am, but I really am right in the right in there. Right in the cut. Yes, and I'm old. I'm super old school. So like, it doesn't make any sense to me that I'm a millennial. So the thing that annoys me the most is when I'm called one. Oh, I think they need to redo things so that the exennials from like till eighty five was my sister yeah. is an exennial too, but she's technically a millennial or whatever. So I think they need to like or eighty six or whatever. That would be good. They need to redo that so exennials is its own generation, I agree. and then they can put the younger millennials with the older generation Z. And then the younger Generation Z can go with Alpha. That makes way more sense. And I think that lines up better. And it's, yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I would hate it if people thought I was a millennial. I'm sorry you have to go through yeah, that. Yeah, it's pretty awful. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. All right, so final question. Okay. Uh, what advice would you give to yourself 10 years ago? Oh, gosh. Um, to be more confident. Um, mm, like Julie Andrews. Yes, yes, I have confidence. Um, no, also to uh, to know that I am powerful and not be afraid to be a leader and not let other people dictate my career. You're, um, you're sounding like the lyrics from I Am Woman. You know, I am I'm woman. woman, hear me roar. That's kind of what I'm saying, Helen Reddy is in store. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying, though. Like, you're don't be ri- afraid to create your own work. Don't be afraid to listen to I Am Woman. Yeah. But yes, creating your own work is great. I think that's the best way to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, as much as self-producing is terrible, you're going to believe in your project exactly. more than... That's exactly what I said before. Mm-hmm. You are going to believe in your project. It's something Ken Davenport said to me once. Like, when I, I think it was... I don't know when I was talking to him. But, like, you are the project. You are the product. People invest in you. They don't invest in the show. Right. Like, people know they like you... 
And so, you know, like the when I was selling the ads, they don't know the show. Like we won awards, we have good reviews, but what they liked was me. Yeah. Yeah. So you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> don't be afraid to be yourself. Yes. Be confident. You are woman. <laughs> Hear yourself roar. Yes. Yes. She was on the Love Muppet it. Show. I just got the Muppet Legos, by the way. I'll show you oh, when we're cute. done. The minifigures. There's 12 of them. And I got six in a box. But you can't get all 12 in one set because they're all blind. Because oh. they can't see. No, they're in the bag. You don't know what they are. <laughs> and so I got... Six, because you're guaranteed six different, but if I got in two six, there would have been duplicates. Okay. So I only got six, and now I'm like, they're kind of lonely. I feel like I got to get the other six, but I can't, you can't know who they are, so. Or you can get them on eBay after people open them for twice as much. You have to get a friend who's going to get them too, and then switch. Yeah, so if anyone out there wants to collect uh, Muppet Lego minis with me, let me know. All right, well, thank you all for listening. This has been so much fun. Thank you for being here, Mary. Thank you for asking This was I just love, you know, kibitzing with my friends. Uh, So next week is my friend Adriel Garcia. and It is our serious episode of the season where we talk about toxicity. And it's a very therapeutic episode. I think you will all get some catharsis to bring it back to that um, when you listen next week. So you'll hear me next time right here on Millennials Are Ruining the World? Question mark, an Exennial Perspective, Real Conversations Bridging the Gap Between Generations X and Y. I'm not woke, but I'm awake. Millennials are ruining the world. An exanial perspective.